0: Aloha Kāko, and thank you for listening to Native Stories, an online and mobile app archive aiming to activate and perpetuate the perspectives of those who are connected to the land. My name is Ikaika Bishop and today we are learning about living with the stars with Rangi Matamua a prestigious professor of Waikota University. I've invited him to share with us at Pu'ulani in Heia, where I learned that the name of this place may have more association with the sky than I could have ever imagined. Along with navigational indications, he also shares a little bit about how the sky can help us with farming and fishing. Let's find out more from Rangi about living with the stars. Aloha, Eirangi, and thank you for joining us.
1: Aloha, Ikaika. Thank you very much for having me along today in your uh, your beautiful garden. (laughs) This is stunning.
0: Uh, Thank you for letting me share. Um, So we're interested to hear about uh, Maori perspectives of astronomy. I only know a very little bit, and (laughs) uh, I'd love to hear more.
1: Yeah, well, um, I suppose I should start by saying that I'm actually not Officially trained as an astronomer from a Western perspective, I actually have no idea uh, for the most part of the you know of astronomy from a Western perspective, you know, and, and fr- from a technical point of view, I guess. But um, Māori, like Hawaiian, like all Polynesians, we descend from astronomers and people that wove into um, their day to day lives. Uh, astronomical movements in the sun the moon the stars uh, all of these kind of uh, systems and divisions of time the lunar calendar it all impacted upon our day-to-day activities and so that's really the space that I i, I work in um, being for a number of years um, part of, of a or movement I guess to um, revive our traditional Maori astronomy and not just to revive it just because we can but actually to make it worthwhile and give it a purpose in our modern society so uh and I know people will think well how does that happen I mean where we are is just a fantastic example of um you're looking at you know a a, a garden and you're planting traditional and native crops and those um I believe would have been planted in particular lunar cycles, in particular lunar months. Uh, are many stars, from a Maori perspective, are named after plants, are named after kumara, are named after different varieties of sweet potato, because we know when that star is in the sky, that's either the time to harvest or to plant. So, you know, we're trying to um, revive this um, back and, and make it a, a living part of... Um, of, of Aotearoa, of our society and uh, from a wider context we're trying to uh, really help revive um, indigenous astronomy across the world
0: I love it Out of curiosity, uh, you mentioned how um, astronomy can help to choose when to plant plants or um, kind of as uh, indications for what the appropriate things are to be doing during that time of the year Is there something general that you could... Um, point out
1: about right now this time of the year uh well i mean uh, for me i'm on the other side of the world so it's a little bit different um but uh we are coming in from a maori perspective into the 10th month of the maori year i think that would be similar uh here for um for hawaii um our 10th month is known as poutu terangi poutu terangi is a star and it's really important um this is moving into our autumn uh, down home. I know here it must be coming out of um, out of summer, uh, out of winter, Finish probably. Winter, yeah. yeah, well, we're going into winter. Nice. But potu Terangi will rise in the morning before the sun, and that's the marker of the month. Uh, just below potu Terangi will be two stars. One will be whanui and the other one will be uh, panitinaku. Now, whanui is said to be the father or the origin of the kūmara from a Māori perspective. And um, panitinaku tīnaku means to germinate. And we wait for the appearance, the full appearance of that cluster as like a triangle. And it actually creates this massive kūmara. We know when that is in the sky... Uh, in the correct position that the kumara is ready to harvest. And watch, it's just coming in for us. And now we only get one harvest of a kumara a year because it, you know, our winter is frost and snow. And you'll know that uh, a, a sweet potato won't last in that weather. So um, when we left here and we were down home, we um, dug pits and we store our kumara underground so they last throughout the winter. And the tuba for planting next season we store in the ground and uh, so what happened uh, is when that constellation is viewed in the the morning sky just before the sunrise we know yes the kumara is ready but we wait for the next um, full moon and when the next full moon happens into the gardens and it's harvest time
0: that's amazing so the stars actually prepare you for the moon which is the final indication of when the kumara is ready to harvest
1: that's it's, it's a triangulation of lunar month Position of star and lunar face, and so uh, once we have that worked out, it's a very you know, people think it's complex, but it's not when you're living it, it's just a natural rhythm of the environment. And so, when we can't see the star, we know it's too early, you know, the sun's already up, we haven't seen that star, so we still gotta wait. But when we do see the star, and we know this is the month that's the sign then they'd go into the gardens and check and they'd realize yep it's ready to go but we'll wait for that appropriate lunar phase
0: being a farmer that's super cool and so, you know now that you know when it's time to harvest how do you know when it's time to plant
1: same 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 um, same kind of signs but mm-hmm. there'll be different indicators like you know there's more and as a farmer you'll know there's more than one indicator right so if I would see the star in the sky and i say, yes, that's it, and then the correct lunar phase would happen and it rains, mm-hmm. I'm not going to harvest in the rain. Of course. Right, because then all of the kumara for us, because we've got to dry them and store them, mm-hmm. gets wet, they rot, no food in the winter. So there are some common sense markers as well. And the same for planting. You know, um, we look at particular stars and the way that they appear, like Takudua. Uh, uh uh-uh, uh, I think you have here. Uh Yeah, the, um, Sirius, mm-hmm. winter, the winter maiden for us, one of the wives of the sun. Now, when she is bright in the early morning, like bright or pulsating, we know that the month is still going to be cold. Wow. So when you're heading into uh, for us, you're heading into um, around uh, September, October. If it's like that in October, we'll wait for November to plant and you'll get a shorter season um but one of the things that they were always um and that's why the um, environmental signs are so important if she was bright and you knew you were going to get a frost and you still went and planted then um all your tuba die off tuber, and uh, the seedlings die off in the frost so yeah
0: wow super cool to hear and so besides some of the environmental and astronomical indications that you pointed out i'd like to know is there any modern evidence that supports some of these um, ideas or concepts that we've learned or passed down
1: absolutely there is there are a number of papers that have been produced recently with people planting on different stages of the moon cycle and seeing whether or not you know you got the same soil the same plant the same water, the same fertilizer, the same everything. Whether or not they grow differently, and they do. They're finding that for some reason, the lunar, um, in particular, um, the lunar cycle has massive impacts on our environment. And see, our ancestors always knew that. You know, here um, in Hawaii, for instance, there's not just one lunar calendar. There's many lunar calendars, and they're um, they're locational because the environments will differ slightly right you'll have different resources and different aspects within one from one island to another to another and um we're like that at home you know the bottom of the south is is bitterly cold for most of the year and further north you it's subtropical at times so the environments differ the timings differ the signs differ um but yes there are some very um a very interesting research going on actually to see whether or not these um, signs not only impact on gardening but impact on fishing impact on hunting impact on people they're actually looking um, and I know it's a, not the the easiest topic to talk about but one of the studies that we've got going at home is a person looking at how the lunar calendar and what lunar state and what lunar month do um youth suicide fall on wow. and it's really interesting to see that they're actually noticing that it's around particular lunar cycles and particular lunar months so that whole idea that rona or um, um marama marama for us um can control your emotions and your feelings as is, is yeah it seems to be and it's not just native people that knew that i mean the word lunatic comes from a lunar right I didn't know that. yeah yeah so they understood that you know the moon impacts on people and turns you into a lunatic
0: yeah. <laughs> i definitely feel like a lunatic sometimes <laughs> uh, so we're out here on the farm and the machines are running i just it just crossed my mind um you know is there something you can give us as far as uh, um, guidance when I'm when I'm planning to plant my fields is there something I should be paying attention to as far as rising and falling of the stars or orienting my fields do you, is there any knowledge about that uh there
1: there there is um so um quite often for traditional Maori gardens they will orientate um the garden to then the rose in the gardens to face uh for us face um northeast so they actually run on the line towards the rising and the setting of the sun in particular in, the, in, the, um, in the, s- the summertime so if you get your midsummer sun when it rises it should be rising directly above and in line with the rose that you've planted and that, you know, people say oh, it's because of the spread of sunlight well, it's not it's it's more of a spiritual belief that your um, the origins of that food source for us Begin in Hawaii, right? And Hawaii is to the northeast for us, so our um, we roll out our gardens in those lines facing the spiritual origins of of um, of that food source because we brought to Aotearoa um, the kumara, um, the uh, the the calabash, the the whoever we call it. we brought the ote or the uh, paper mulberry. Uh, we brought a, a, the, the tea, um, the cabbage tree. Mm-hmm. We brought a whole lot of these food sources that we eat. Um, the taro, it was a big crop for us, the taro. And um, we planted it, but we knew that its origins was back to Hawaii. And that's why we'd run our gardens uh, that way. But we also had to adapt, you know, um, the sun, the moon. The, the stars were different, and they different down there. Um, we don't get some stars that you get here, and down there we get stars that they don't get here. So we had to adjust our signs to the climate that we moved to, and so it's they are different. Um, so it'd be difficult for me to say to you here, oh, I think you should do this, <laughs> um, but I do know that the likes of people like uh, Auntie Pua and Auntie Nalani and um, and Kalei Nuhiva have done huge amounts of work in the space Um, well particularly with um, Papaku Makawalu I think um, they've done work really in that method showing how detailed and deep and intricate and really meaningful that knowledge system can be so you know if I can say it's difficult I would think from you here in this side of the island to say that it's going to be similar for someone who's, say, on Maui, yep. right? Or the Big Island. Yep. And it's even more difficult for me to say, right down in Aotearoa. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure the Hawaiian people, because all of the plants that I talked to you about, all of the variety of kumara, all of the, the, the hue all of that, they're actually constellations of stars, or stars themselves. I'm sure it must have been very similar here. That those rising or setting of those points of light would have told you when to harvest, when to plant.
0: Yeah, mm. I, I mean, I we're for me growing up farming, it's something that we've um, we're aware of, but haven't really been paying attention to. I would say uh, navigation and the hokulea is something that we've aligned more. Strongly with with astronomy. Um, can you share us with us a little bit about uh, navigational stars?
1: Yeah. So, and that's really really good, uh, Ikaika, because there's this real, uh, and, and I think it's wonderful what the navigation people are doing. You know, with the likes of uh, Nainoa Thompson and Papa Mo originally, and down in Aotearoa all we have the likes of Hotu Kerr and Jack Thatcher, and they've all you know this massive growing group of navigation and seafaring people using um using astronomy uh, uh, to navigate and there's this idea that navigation uh, astronomy comes out of navigation it's actually the other way around uh you don't astronomy is is one element within navigation and they don't to my knowledge use lots and lots of stars to navigate there are some major key indicators that tell them when to leave where they should point their the 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 front of the canoe um being someone that's from an inland tribe it's a little bit dangerous for me to talk about the ocean because that's not my space but um have good friends in those um areas and they really don't have Lots and lots and lots of stars that they follow to navigate. There are. That's one of the elements that they that they incorporate with another. And I, I could be wrong there, but I'm pretty sure that you know there are the main stars like um, Matatoki. We have Mintaka, which rises due east and sets due west, so you can get east and west. Here, you've obviously got the North Star that will give you due north, so you're able to set your compass pretty quickly. Um, for us in Aotearoa. Astronomy was more often or not Likened to other activities Like gardening You know there's this that movie Once Were Warriors You ever see that? Oh yeah 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 And there's this whole idea That Māori spent all day Walking around with sticks And killing each other You know That wasn't the culture of Māori More often than not We were once were gardeners Or once were fish, fishermen right We spent most of our time Preparing Food or gathering food or planting or fishing. So, and and our astronomy really is embedded within those things. It's really embedded within um, those practices and also our spirituality. So, um, you know, we believe when you die that your spirit becomes a star and, and lives in the sky forever. Um, we have sacred stars you know we believe that some stars come down to earth and interact with people and and actually uh, have descendants so we have whole tribes that descend from stars or beings that come out of the sky so yeah it's um the navigation thing and i've never really been brave enough to get on the ocean with those guys they're brave (laughs) um but that's a subset of astronomy And for astronomy, native astronomy, it's never studied on its own, right? For instance, we've got a series of migrating birds. They actually, in the winter they leave, they're about to leave coming up soon uh, from Aotearoa and they'll head back into the central Pacific. They'll go back to um, places like Rarotonga and Tahiti and we won't see them until next spring. next spring we know they're coming because the star that's named Pipifaroro after the shining cuckoo. when we see it we know they're on their way, so it's that kind of thing, you know, it's migration, we know when particular particular constellation is in the sky we know that the eel will run so they'll start its um, migration to the ocean to spawn, we know different species of fish spawn uh, when particular stars, and we know we see that star and say, okay the mucky fish for instance will spawn very soon but you again wait for the correct lunar phase because as you know as a fisherman that the lunar calendar has massive massive impact and the lunar phase has great impact on on um your ability to catch fish and the movement of fish and so they knew that star's there that fish is going to spawn but wait wait for that lunar phase as soon as it happens yeah
0: all right now you got me hooked i gotta ask if I want to start observing the stars and uh, tracking them and using them as a tool and a resource, what is some advice you could give me?
1: I think that indigenous people have maintained a lot more indigenous knowledge than we give ourselves credit for. You know, yeah, we were smashed by colonization. You know, um, we were colonized and, and our had taken from us our language, our culture, our beliefs, our practices... Um, but a lot of that stuff still remains And it's actually scattered And so my job has really been like a l- person putting a jigsaw back together I've gone into um, Māori newspapers, manuscripts, songs, karakia, interviews, landmarks Because a lot of you have talked about here this uh, Is it Pūalani? Pūalani Pūalani like, you know, Pūalani or Pukerangi what would be said? Puke, puke, puke is, is that like a hill? Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, would be, ah, uh, uh, you know, we've got places named that at home because they're actually observatories. i oh. So uh, you'd be sitting there and you'd know, and you think, oh, there's a mountain in the way, but the mountain's actually a marker, right? So if you're watching the stars set over the top of that mountain range and it's sitting there... No, it's it's just under set, just as the first light comes up, I know what season I'm in. Wow. Uh, that's my star, so I know the marlin will be will be migrating through or the whales will be ready to mate. You know, so it's all of these positions people think, oh the hill's in the way. Well the hill's a really good marker from us when they'll know when a particular star rises over that hill or is between these two rises, we know that this bird will be laying its eggs and they're a delicacy. Oh, that's that
0: that's like an aha moment for me because <laughs> you always imagine the stars rising off of the ocean and setting on the ocean but what do you do if you can't see the ocean so you have to use the environment around you as a tool as a resource so you can actually pinpoint each of the tops of the mauna and say oh that that star is going to rise or fall on that point um, but it may not necessarily fall at the same time that it's going below the horizon Very but good. for me in this space I can use that as an indicator.
1: That's right, and it's 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 that's the whole point. It's locational, you know. Um, I think often we all want to be the same, have the same readings. Like um, I think colonizers, when they colonize a the people, the people they'll do two things: they'll divide and conquer, and when that doesn't work, they'll unite and conquer, make you all the same people, right? And um, while uh, the Hawaiian people are just this absolutely amazing, superhuman. Group of people with this beautiful land, and there's this philosophy and methodology about how they live their lives with Aloha Aina, which is as a concept is just so rich and deep. They are also different in many ways depending upon location. So, what you're catching out here, when that star is setting over, you know, and you go out for an evening fish and you catch a particular fish probably not going to be the fish that they're uh, catching on kawaii when you know in the same time frame so it's about your location Mm. but just coming back to your question if i was saying to you what you should do i i I would probably as a farmer really have a look at some of the stuff that was recorded but also i'd try things you know I, i do i go out and think oh well that sign is saying that the eel should be running so I'll go out and look, and more often than not, the signs are pretty accurate. Mm-hmm.
0: So, what do you say? Like keeping a log and documenting. Should I even go that far, or is it something that I'll just learn over time and
1: develop with uh, practice? I think you've got to document absolutely. I get contacted all the time, and people say to me, well, "What, what, what's the lunar face tonight?" I'm like, "Go out and have a look." You know, don't ask me what my lunar. File. I've got. I think I know what mine is, but what is it to you what is it telling you what's happening in your environment you know our ancestors and, and our elders they lived in constant relationship with the aina right they were everyday they were you know they, they, they took note of things because they weren't um, sidetracked or um, taken their focus wasn't on other things you know that's come in with modernization. they were because if they didn't know the environment they died and the environment you know as people because it's another western concept we think of environment we look straight down at the earth we think water we think land we think ocean no one ever thinks to look up at the sky because that's part of the environment as well and our holistic approach to everything and in a world where near on 80% of the population cannot see the night sky you know we have severed a connection to our humanity um and you're, you're very lucky here.
0: Gosh, it just gives me chicken skin thinking about it. The idea that came into my mind was how important a watch is or a clock is for us today. And it, 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 the idea came to my mind that our ancestors didn't have a watch. They didn't have an iPhone with a digital readout. And I can only imagine how hard our life would be without a watch or without a clock. And so for our ancestors, they had to adapt and make use of what they had, which was the stars The sun, the wind, uh, the the natural environment was also like a clock. Uh, That's what I'm gathering. You know, when the eels are ready to spawn, they spawn at the same time of the year. Yes. My iPhone isn't telling me the eels are ready to spawn. The the eels are telling me, you know, what I should be doing that time of the year. Yeah,
1: Ikaike, you've just hit something right on the head. And this is something I've really promote you know again this unite and conquer we're all following the same universal system of time uh 365 and a quarter day year um and no matter where you are in the world we're following the same gregorian western calendar system that takes no environmental factors into account right uh doesn't take into the fact that you're in winter and i'm in summer Right. Your stars here are different than my stars here. It's universalized everything, and that's a form of control. And what you're doing with food sovereignty, you know, and the work you do actually is a form of, um, of decolonization, and you're actually uh, having control back over what you eat, where you eat, how you eat, what goes into your food. But a bigger part of that is you're talking about a watch. The difference between following the Western Gregorian solar calendar that we all follow throughout the world as we dictate to the environment when we're ready to do something Eh? we only work from monday to friday even though according to the lunar calendar that's some of the worst times to work and you're better off working in the weekends but now we're on holiday you know and we've brought into that christianized time we've brought into this um i celebrate christmas or new year on the you know the first of january even though that's not necessarily the time that the sun turns its path it's because we've tell the environment when we're ready you follow a traditional indigenous lunar calendar system that includes the sun and the stars the environment tells you when it's ready and you become part of the environment and that's the difference you stop dictating as master of the environment and you actually start living with the environment and for me that's aloha aina you know my you know my very limited understanding of it where you actually realize that you're part of the soil and the wind and the rain and when you're no longer here you'll go back to being part of the soil and the wind and the rain and this water and we need to stop telling the environment and trying to control the environment and, and that's why i have so much respect for uh we call it uh, a person with mm, with dirt on their nose, because yeah. <laughs> as someone who's actually got their nose in the soil mm. and having that connection back to the earth and back to our our mother, so much respect for people that that actually take control of of the food that they eat.
0: Wow, living by the the stars and the natural indicators sounds like a much easier way to live life <laughs> than forcefully you know making yourself do things because the alarm clock just went
1: off <laughs> i think it's 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 more natural i don't think our bodies are meant to have a constant supply of food all the time around we're not meant to eat summer food in the middle of winter you know you have a look at animals throughout the year they'll go from big to small big to small as they naturally cycle with the environment we don't do that you know, we're fat all, well, I am, all year round because I'm used to having tomatoes in winter. I want it. And so we grow them in a glass house. And, and I, well that's great. And I think, you know, that's really cool. I don't think our ancestors were like that. They kind of, well, they did. They had to cycle with the environment. And once you're in that rhythm, oh, that's when you really start, I think, really forming that connection with your land and your environment.
0: Oh, that makes perfect sense because there's only a certain time of the month when you can catch these certain fish and I can't eat them all month long. So if I'm hungry for it, I have to plan for that moon two weeks in advance. (laughs) Yeah. Because the alarm clock is going to tell me I can't go. But, you know, the moon is telling me it's time to go.
1: Yes. And
0: for me, listening to the moon sometimes is more important for my food source. You know, because if the alarm clock told me that I could go, I wouldn't catch
1: anything. Yeah. Right? yeah, and that's you see, astronomy plays a role in all of that. You know, and like I say, we, we think environment and global warming, and you know, and and you know, we're always looking down at the earth. No one ever thinks to realize, you know, quite often, all of our activities are reflected in the sky. You know, Maori believe that in the beginning, Rangi and Papa were stuck together, the sky and the earth so close was the bond between those two individuals that they're the same being so you'll never know rangi without knowing papa you'll never understand papa without knowing rangi and they weren't pushed apart they were torn apart and they share the same body and flesh and so often a number of the stars and constellations are landmarks and they represent things that are happening on the earth because they're actually the same being and um, everything comes from them and when they were first separated there was no um, no stars there was nothing in the sky and there was this family of light there was the sun, the moon the stars uh, Hinātori is a phosphorus light Parikukui, and you asked about quickly is a dark gloomy light and Hinero Amo a very small petite female star and uh, our god Tāne Kāne yeah he approached his brother and sister who were the parents of um of the Fano uh, marama the mother was wainui she's uh, a wai, water the, represented in all bodies of, of water and the father was tango tango. Tango tango is another word for darkness or black and um he asked them for the for the children of light and it was tane who took them into the heavens his canoe and the canoe was the um end of of maui's fish hook in this constellation of scorpius because we don't see it perpendicular like you said here yeah it's on its side wow so it looks like an actual canoe and um that's his canoe and they went into the heavens and he placed into the sky all of these objects and he so so they began their life here on earth, yeah. so they're connected to the earth and he took them into the sky as part so, of the whole, as part of the whole. Yeah. and he put into the sky because for that feat he was called Tāne Nui or Kāne uh, the great Tāne of the sky, and he put into the sky these symbolic representations of and spiritual connections to all our food sources, our creatures, our animals, our activities, our buildings, uh, everything he put in to the sky. And, and for Maori we call that Hawaiki dungi. Yeah. That's Hawaii or our traditional origins, origins, Hawaii in the sky, Hawaiki dungi. Wow. And so that's um, yeah, that's this idea of it's holistic. Oh,
0: I love mm. it it just uh, makes me want to set the sun and start looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, Fortunately, we are here on the windward side of Oahu again at Kakaoovi and uh, for those of you who know the area, it's it's overcast most of the time. So we're enjoying a nice cool day. I want to thank Rangi for visiting us. And uh, before we go, I'd like to ask if people want to learn more from you or uh, listen about your your series on...
1: I have a series on Facebook. I have a Facebook page called Living by the Stars. Oh, there we go. And I've had a number of... uh well, I've had two seasons of a web series. Now, it's in Te Reo Māori, but it has um, subtitles, translations. And I did that because... Our knowledge is created in the language and it's such an important... There are some things I just can't translate yep. into English so I, we did it in, in Māori um, and we've got a, another series coming out in the next couple of months. I have a book on, on Matariki, um, Makali'i um and uh i'm going to uh, take your details and i'm going to send you some some books and i'll sign some and you know you might have people that are listening that are interested and you can hand them out and and keep some copies for yourself um and yeah i i do kind of live feeds every week I've been pretty slack this year actually But just talking about different astronomical things The planets, different planets The sun, the different phase of the moon Different constellations And just as a form of disseminating that knowledge To people that are interested So um, yeah and I just want to say thank you so much for having me uh, Having me here and being part Collectively we're part of this Kanaka movement, I guess.
0: Oh, my pleasure. Oh, very honoured and humbled to have you here. I think mm-hmm. we're finally at the point now where we've accepted our responsibility and we understand our role here on the Aina, uh, along with our other indigenous cousins across the Pacific and um, surely um, our friends and family in, in Aotearoa. So mahalo nui nui for visiting us and sharing your ike um, look forward to learning more from you and tuning in on your Facebook channel. And so far, our guests, mahalo nui. Thank you for tuning in and uh, hui hou. Mahalo Rangi for enlightening us on both the brightest and darkest of nights. And the next time I feel like howling at the moon, I'll be sure to remind myself that it's just a part of the natural cycle we are all adapted to. And mahalo again to our listeners for connecting with us on Facebook by searching Native Stories or through our website at www.nativestories.org for the latest and greatest activations of Indigenous perspectives. If you or your Ohana has a story to share about their culture, their arts, their history, or their homeland, contact us and let us know what exciting perspective you have to share. Now, before I go, please download our mobile app and listen to our podcast by searching Native Stories in the App Store. Support our nonprofit by clicking like and rating us with five stars. Become a sponsor and also donate. Your support helps us advance technology for students, publish and produce original perspectives, and empower the youth of our communities to advocate for what they believe in. And until next time, please share us with your friends, family, and the entire ahupua'a. Mahalo a mikelohanui, ahuiho.